1: Welcome to the Words and Nerds podcast
0: takeover. Um, this is, can we apologise in advance for this takeover, which, which may go in any direction and, and could very possibly um, go in directions that we don't want it to go in. I think Danny V was very trusting letting
1: us take over a podcast. So trusting. That'll <laughs> shall, learn we, shall we say who we are or will we just do it and pretend that it's <laughs> okay, We could do it as
0: like the mystery takeover. The mystery
1: right. <laughs> takeover. Um, well, I'm sitting here looking at the internationally acclaimed author Zana Fralon, uh, whose most famous book is undoubtedly The Bone Sparrow
0: um and i am here looking at the multi-award winning author bren mcdibble um i would say your most famous book is how to be is that right bren i would say so <laughs> the book that obviously 94. 2016 was, was a good year for writers brilliant brilliant for us <laughs>
1: um Now, the Words and Nerds podcast uh, says it's an entertaining and conversational podcast that aims to get inside a writer's mind, which to me seems a little bit dangerous.
0: That is very dangerous, but let's let's do it. Let's go for it. (laughs)
1: Let's go for it. And
0: we should say we are sitting here together, well, not together, Zoom together um, on the launch day for our brand new book, which we collaborated in, collaborated on. Collaborate, co- oh, Bren, help me out here. <laughs> we could, oh, we know. write the book together. Collaborate
1: yeah, <laughs> with each other. Mm. Yeah. Yes. The Raven's um, Song. The Raven's Song. The Raven's yes. Song.
0: Um, Published and, by Alan and Unwin in Australia and Old Barn Books in the and UK. And
1: out today. Beautiful, beautiful. And um, we didn't know how to do a takeover. We thought it would be a bit silly sitting here interviewing each other on the questions that you know, would be false because we just want you to know <laughs> about the book. So we've asked other people to ask us questions. So anything could happen. It's um, it's not our fault. It's the other people's fault who asked the questions.
0: And we got lots of questions. So if you asked a question, thank you so much because you saved us.
1: <laughs> and perhaps will we describe the book now or just let our
0: questions ask us about no. the book? What do you reckon, Brent? Do you want to do you want to describe the book? Do you want me to describe the book? How do you want to go with this? Um, you go for it. <laughs> all right, I'm going to go for it. So, we did have trouble working out this this pitch, by the way. Um, all right. So, the Raven Song is the story of three children living in very different times: one ancient, one modern, and one futuristic. And it's their attempts to save each other and save the earth across these deep expanses of time. It's about their unexpected connections and their discoveries that could upend their whole worlds. So we have Shelby, who lives 100 years in the future in the remains of a climate and disease ravaged world where people now stay in isolated, self-sufficient hamlets waiting for the world to heal. And then we have Phoenix, whose story takes place uh, a few years from now and where climate-induced change has resulted in an unpredictable world in which dangers that once were thought extinct are rising back up to the surface. And then we have the third story, which is the one that connects them all. And that is the story of a girl who lived thousands of years ago and who was sacrificed in a bog. So it has to be a long elevator ride for that elevator pitch to work, but I think that just about covers it.
1: That was brilliant. I love that. Well done. <laughs> Shall we move uh, into the questions?
0: Yeah, let's go for it. Let's just go. Who's for it. First? We've only got half. An yeah.
1: Hour. Um, yeah. Anna Waitley from Brisbane, uh, the very famous writer of Peter Lyer's rating Normal, and I she... love that book. Oh, I did too. It was gorgeous. The question. How did you decide which story to write and did you keep a record of discarded ideas for the future? Have you lost characters along the way? Did you leave them with a blankie and a lamp and would you leave them (laughs) together or fear they may gang up? I think this is a question for you because you did lose a couple of characters along
0: the way. I'm trying to think, did I? You remember this better than I do. You had more sisters. oh I did have I did have more sisters you are absolutely right oh you've made me a bit sad about losing those sisters now so yeah that's okay um well so we'll start at the beginning so how do we decide which story to write um that just came pretty organically and naturally because Bren often writes these fantastic dystopian future novels not always dystopian um that's that's a weighted word. Yeah, I guess future 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 novels where we're dealing cha- with what we've called changed futures. Like yeah, environmentally
1: changed futures. I try to say because dystopian means everything went wrong,
0: but but I mean, it, just it, just because it the futures yeah. changed,
1: it's not always wrong. It's just very absolutely.
0: Different. Yeah. So so Bren Bren um, writes those futures so easily and so beautifully and so well that uh, I don't even think we discussed it. That was just. Your shtick, wasn't it, Bryn? Yeah, yeah. This is where I'm going. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we had a lot of
1: autonomy within the story, I think, to take it. Places. Yeah,
0: exactly. There was no, there were no strict rules when we were writing. Um, and in fact, to that, the uh, the Raven's Girl wasn't actually part of our planning at all. But she popped into my head when I was trying to write Phoenix, and um, I couldn't get rid of her, so she she became a character, even though she wasn't meant to be there.
1: Yeah. So you've actually. Um, lost two and gained a massive one (laughs) yeah exactly
0: exactly and so phoenix yeah i'm I'm definitely up so phoenix did start with um a whole lot more sisters they were sort of like this big um crowd of of sisters and girls who gathered around him um but in the various edits and things it, it was felt that they were too um too hard to tell apart not individual enough i guess so we had to we had to kill a few off
1: yeah, it was a very noisy household. I think, and a lot of a lot of it sisters. Was.
0: Yeah,
1: yeah, but it worked. It's still, it's still a very noisy house household yeah. even with two sisters. Yeah. Listen,
0: isn't it? And I would, I would like to think that they have been left with a blankie and a lamp and yeah. some some good books as well. Um, yeah, yeah, they yeah. may gang
1: up. <laughs> okay, the next question came from Rebecca Lyle, who's a journalist from New Zealand who in her bio says she's tired, but she says it in Māori, K te ngangia and I don't speak enough Māori to um, decipher that, but I think it says I am tired. Um, and she wants to know which of the characters do you relate to most and why? Also, what's the best snack for a writing session? Oh, all
0: right. Do you want to go first to that one, Brent?
1: <laughs> well, I think I relate to Shelby the most because um, I'm always blundering into places where I shouldn't be and friends are always kicking me under the table and telling me to shut up, which um, these things <laughs> happen to Shelby. And the best snack for riding is obviously sesame curry peanuts, which I cannot buy here, but uh-huh. I used to eat all the time in
0: Melbourne. So... I'm gonna to have to get some of those. I'll send some to you, Bren.
1: <laughs> I ordered keep some, you, keep I ordered you some from. I ordered some from Melbourne last Christmas for a Christmas present for myself. It cost like twenty five dollars to get them here, and I'm like, Whoa.
0: just in postage. Yeah, that's right. These are these are um, just peanuts. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I'll start making your own. <laughs> uh, for me, it's funny. I mean, I probably relate to Phoenix the most in the way that. Um, he's quite internal. He thinks quite deeply about things. He sees the world a bit differently, but the character I think I kind of feel closest to would be the Raven girl. And I think that's because she came to me so strongly and, and her voice wouldn't be quiet that, you know, she's still a presence in the, Behind me, sometimes yeah. you know, when you need to do that, have that with your character. So,
1: Can um, we hear feel like, her whispering,
0: e- yeah, exactly. Yes, I, I feel like she's she's still with me and may pop back up in the future somehow, somewhere. I'm not sure how, but um, I don't think she's done with me yet. So, yeah, she's still hovering there in my mind. She wants a um, novel, I think, I think that's what she wants. I think it's <laughs> frightened, I think that's what she wants. Um, and the best snack for a riding session, um, well, I, I usually, well, I always have a tea or coffee. I often have scroggen if I'm trying to be, you know, healthy. And if not, the, um, oh, what are they called, the granita biscuits with butter on them. I oh, mm-hmm. love those. Yeah. Oh, That's for that. me.
1: <laughs> um, so the next question is from Locke, and I'm not sure what his real name is. He is a sci-fi adventure writer for young people and a hapless motorcycle adventure. So I feel like he does long tour bike rides like um, I did through America for a while. Um, he wants to know, where do you start with your plotting the beginning
0: of a novel or the end? Um, well, for me, I'm not much of a plotter. So this, this project was quite unusual for me because Brendan and I sat down. Uh, over twitter direct messages and we just both typed out what all the things that we loved and all our obsessions and all the things that excited us and the plot grew from from that where we, we sort of we we looked at where our obsessions and excitements met um and we just we went with it that way whereas normally I start with um a character or a setting or an event that's happened that I want to explore further. Um, And then I kind of have to, I write the character first and then I have to work out the plot after that. And usually I start writing, the last scene always comes to me first usually, Um, not in this book. Yeah, it's strange. It's always the very last scene and it's always the one which is almost never edited. Like it sort of comes out pretty perfect and then I've got to go make my way up to that point.
1: That's amazing. I never know where my books go. And, um, yeah, with this one, it was quite interesting to kind of know that we were going to this point where we would meet and we were going there in a solitary fashion. Um, But normally I never, ever know the ends and I quite often write three or four ends. So it can be very annoying not knowing the end just quietly.
0: Well, I loved with this one how, you know, we were almost at the end and then and I won't say exactly what it was, but I said, Oh, wouldn't it be great if this could happen to this character? And you said, Well, why couldn't it? And my brain just went, Oh my God, it could. And then what would that look like? And how would that be? And it was perfect. But yeah. yeah. We, we we sort of made the connections. I feel
1: like our brain was brains were making connections, but we weren't getting them on the paper. And then as soon as we put them on the paper, we went, oh, well, obviously obviously this is, you know, this is related and that's related. So,
0: and I think that, I think that happens a lot with writing that your brain is making connections subconsciously that you're not seeing. And then suddenly you have that aha moment. Um, But with us, because we were verbalizing, sort of the the issues and the problems we were having those connections were made a lot more quickly because you know once someone says it then the other one can jump in and make the connection (laughs) it it felt much easier and certainly you know it was a lot faster than than normal
1: yes yes I think two brains better than one (laughs) Um, um the next question is from Jerry Judkins in Hamilton, New Zealand, who is a book lover and a huge supporter of um, New Zealand children's fiction. And I had coffee with her just a few months ago. She would want she like, oh, I can't talk. She says, "How did you write both voices? Did you use a Google Doc? What's this thing with Google Docs? Everyone, we, should, we
0: clearly should have used a Google Doc, but we didn't.
1: Obviously, we, we Google Docs is Google the way Docs. to go." <laughs>
0: Why didn't we use a I think Google I, Doc? I think our, we didn't want to use a Google Doc because we both wanted to write our own voices independently, and then and then sort of see how they fit together. I think if I'd been reading your what you were writing from the beginning, it would have possibly inhibited what I was writing. Um, so by sort of going off on our own and and writing our own chapters independently, it allowed us to really um, work out what our add narratives for our, each individual characters we're going to be before bringing them together, a bit like you know when you write a if, when someone writes a picture book and the publishers don't let the illustrator and, and author talk so that the illustrator can bring their own ideas to the story. I feel it was almost like that.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we each um, we kind of plotted out to a point where they would meet, and then after that, we had we only had a vague idea I think of going on. So we both knew where we were going to a point. And we went away to write and Zana wrote in Word and I wrote in Scrivener and um, never the two shall meet. So <laughs> <laughs> had to move to Word.
0: <laughs> we did try with Scrivener and can I just say that I do use Scrivener now for my other projects and love it. Oh, but great. because you're on a Mac and I was on a Windows machine um, yeah. and the two Scriveners don't talk to each other. So it, it kept... <laughs> It kept unformatting and reformatting and doing strange things. So it was, that was, why very I was strange
1: to it. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, okay. So we move on. Julie Murphy, who I believe is in Tasmania, is that right? Aussie children's author, Into the Wonder of Animals and Nature, who has a lot of beautiful books out about animals and nature what were the nuts and bolts of collaboration who did what and how did you decide were you nervous entering the adventure and will you do it again so we've kind of
0: answered some of that the nuts and bolts yeah the um I wasn't at all nervous because it was at the very very beginning Bren and I said to each other that if at any point in the project we wanted to pull out or we didn't have time or it just wasn't fun anymore then you know no hard feelings and and we'd both take our work and go our own way so it was very low stakes i feel and perhaps that's because we didn't know each other either other than as you know um another author whose work i adore but we we weren't we didn't have a friendship to start with so um i think had we known each other and been really close friends it might have been a little bit yeah. more nerve-wracking perhaps I'm not yeah sure.
1: you could always tell me to go away and you wouldn't have lost anything yeah
0: no that'd be it. <laughs> yeah I could still keep reading your books <laughs> <laughs> um
1: and will we do it again yes of course love to yeah. yes we we need yeah. a we need another brilliant stroke of genius like um what we had to come up with the raven song and we'll be off yeah and
0: and I think um at the moment, we've both got a couple of other projects which we need to clear from our desks first. And we've realised also that if we try and push it, it's not necessarily going to work as well. So um, I think collaborations really have to come when it, it works perfectly for both people and um, almost organically, I think, which is how this one started.
1: Yeah. And, and because it's kind of, I find it a very reactive process. You get, you get a manuscript back from Zana, and you just go, oh, I'll answer it. It's the same as if you get an email and you'd answer that rather than sitting down and adding a chapter.
0: <laughs> it's very generative, isn't it? It yeah. really is. It's, it's like responding to a prompt or you know, something. Yeah. It's like, it's like we both signed up for our little private writing workshops with each other. <laughs>
1: Brilliant. Okay. Um, Kate Milton writer and teacher from Melbourne, author of The Mother Fault. Skylarking and podcaster on the first time podcast. Hey, this is our first podcast together. We're hosting in a takeover. (laughs) Um, What were the rules or expectations of giving feedback and suggestions? Mm, No rules.
0: (laughs) Yeah, there were no rules. We were, yeah, we could sort of say anything and know that it came from a a good place. And we're both very good at receiving criticism and, and, you know, we both like editing and we're not precious. So, um, yeah.
1: Yeah. Kate has a few questions. Uh, The logistics of the collaboration during the first draft.
0: I think we've done that one. We've done that one.
1: Did you plan the whole narrative out and did you read each other's chapters as we went? We have answered those. How did you deal with... Yeah, so
0: I was just going to say that they're reading each other's chapters we didn't read until... The point where we'd come together. When so where the two came where the two characters come together, that was then the point where we read each other's chapters, and it was so exciting because one suddenly the book doubled in length. <laughs> you know, we covered <laughs> a whole lot yes. more ground than we had. <laughs> and yeah. two, it was so exciting to see how how the other character got to this same point. So yeah. I found that, in fact, one of the most exciting parts of it.
1: Yeah, so the characters came together and the authors came together and everything got way more exciting at that point. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And uh, Kate's other question, how did you deal with stuckness during the process or did you get less stuck than writing solo?
0: I certainly got less stuck than writing solo um, because whenever I did get stuck, I would shoot Bren a quick message on, on Twitter saying, you know, what do you think could happen here? And Bren would come back within the hour with, you know, 10 brilliant suggestions, which would then set off, you know, a further 10 in my own head. And in amongst those 20 suggestions, there was a solution. So something that would normally take me, you know, weeks or months of pacing up and down the footpath outside my house was, was solved in an hour. It was amazing. Yes. Brilliant. And I have a habit of writing off in tangents and
1: then coming back and going, what was I thinking? So instead of doing that, I could just ask them, <laughs> is this tangent going to work? <laughs> I think that <they> mostly did. <laughs> it saved me hours of writing. <laughs> okay. Uh, Heather Gallagher, children's author, freelance writer and reviewer, um, I believe from Brisbane. Hmm. How did the collaboration come about? What are the advantages, disadvantages of collaboration? And were there any times you needed to nut out creative differences?
0: Oh, I like this one. Well, the collaboration came about because um, I was really stuck uh, on, on plot when I was writing The Lost Soul Atlas. And what I needed was a completely random and wild suggestion to kind of throw my my characters and my plot in a completely different direction. So I got onto Twitter and I shot out a, a tweet saying, can someone just, you know, finish this sentence or give me the next part of this sentence or something like that? And I gave no context. It was really, I just needed, you know, input is what I needed. I was looking for input. Um, this was possibly during lockdown. I oh, no, it wasn't. It was, it was way before COVID. That's right. Um, and And Bren came back with a suggestion which didn't work for the book I was I was writing but um it was so exciting as soon as I read it my brain started bubbling and tingling with oh think of all the ways this this suggestion could go um and so I wrote back sort of half jokingly half hopefully um well that doesn't work but maybe we could write that book together (laughs) and obviously I leapt at that opportunity (laughs) and here we are (laughs) and here we are there we are, and yeah. and we didn't even use the idea, which is still a really good one. I still love yeah. that idea.
1: No, so it was a difficult idea, I think, for, for a children's book. I think um, because mm. we, had a lot of, we had a lot of planes crashing, and that could be quite messy. Um.
0: Yeah, it was. I think I think the idea, the sentence was, um, "We discovered that ours wasn't the only plane that fell from the sky that day," yeah. or or something like that. It was great. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Um, and we didn't have any creative differences, do we? I think we're quite similar in the no, way we, we, we do write. We think.
0: Yeah, and we we write very similar um, sort of individual strong characters. So there was there was nothing that kind of felt felt wrong. But we knew that because we love each other's books. So um, yeah, we kind of knew that already. I think. Cool
1: um rebecca jenkins is next lover of children's books from victoria i'd love to know about your writing process and bringing this book to life that's a very open-ended question bringing a book to life
0: i love that idea um i mean it was well so we started before covid hit um and we were about six months in when when every the whole, the <laughs> whole
1: world, world, fell <laughs> the world
0: fell apart fell apart um, and I live in Melbourne, so I went through then two years of, of lockdowns. Um, so for me, this book was really, the writing process was a kind of escape for me. It was, it was me finding any moment I could to, to get away and just work on this book for, um, you know, any, any amount of time that I could, cause it, it got me out of, ironically, it got me out of <laughs> out of being in a pandemic, writing about a pandemic, but, um, yeah. a very different pandemic. So, um, yeah for me it was an escape so that that process was just one of joy and um to use the words of of charlotte wood um was it optimistic exploration i think is what she she said which i love yeah it it was yeah it was very um, very
1: cathartic but also informing i mean you could never we could never have predicted what a pandemic would be like um, and also the moods of being locked down I think you were more in tune with, um, more in tune with Shelby's lockdown than I was at some points.
0: <laughs> yeah,
1: absolutely. Uh, we only have a few minutes left. Let's move on to Diane Wolfer, children's author of Western Australia. <laughs> what are your best tips for training a crow to open boxes while dancing to a <laughs> jazz tune? And that's um, in reference to your animation. <laughs> animated (laughs) unboxing where you had an animated crow dancing around
0: yeah my tips are to use your 12 year old wisely (laughs) (laughs)
1: 12 year olds love doing stop animation
0: (laughs) yeah but on a serious note I'm
1: interested in the joys and challenges of collaborating I felt like it was all joy and very little. It
0: joy. really was all joy. It was all joy. It was It was just like we were playing. Every time it was like we were playing. And I think because we didn't have a contract, we didn't try and sell the book until it was written. And we knew that if at the end of the day, no one bought it, then we could either take our individual bits away and do something else with them. We could self-publish. We could do nothing with them. You know, we would have had fun. We, we had all that writing experience that we gained. Um, I learned so much from Bren. Um, so I think, you know, it was... It, this was a book that wasn't about publication and especially because it was about a pandemic and we were going through a pandemic so we didn't even know if anyone would be interested. Um, so it really was just about the writing and enjoying the writing and I think that made a massive difference.
1: Yeah I think when the COVID, when COVID hit we decided that the novel would probably be unsellable with a pandemic within its pages and um, that f- freed us up further just to continue to write and explore and I think Zana brought whole new levels of history and knowledge and and stuff to the um, to the book, especially with the Bog Girls' beautiful poetic songs. Oh, amazing. Um, another children's writer from WA, Rebecca Newman, who got to write the final chapter. Ooh, I'm checking. <laughs> I think it was. I
0: think I think it was. No, it was the Bog it Girl. It was me. Yeah, it was the Bog Girl. I thought that's right. They they. Um... But the, the ends, the, the beginning and the end of the book. Um, yes. but that was really just because that's how they fell into place, and that felt like a good spot to, to finish yeah, it on. It we did we didn't
1: discuss it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Listen, listen, listen. Through, through times, great swirling fog. Um, well, we still have a few questions to get through, and not much time. <laughs> Rebecca Palmer a uh, children's writer and illustrator of WA. Monkey Mind Picture Book is your last picture book. How does it work? Did you take turns writing chapters? We absolutely did. It's chapter about. Um, and we've ex- kind of explained how it works. Guess when you read it who wrote what. I think it's pretty easy to guess.
0: Well, what- it will be now. Although I, I, I have <laughs> to say I thought, it was, I thought it was really easy to guess and then I gave it to my parents and my mum guessed that, that, Friends chapters were mine. And she was so certain. She said, oh, it it was easy. And I said, yeah, I thought it was easy. And she said, oh, yes, you know, I I knew you were Shelby. And I was like, what?
1: (laughs) 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 Very funny. Chris Williams, president of the CBCA NWA, wants to know what was the idea
0: behind making crows so prominent? That just happened quite organically. I mean, it helps that I have um, a whole murder of ravens outside my house because we live opposite a primary school and so of course they wait in the trees for lunchtime to be over and then go find all their goodies um so I'm hearing them a lot but I don't think it was anything we really discussed it just kind of happened didn't it
1: yeah also there's like you knew all the myths of ravens about passing, yeah passing messages through time and that kind of thing which is basically what yeah it and it's about
0: and there's and there's great folklore surrounding ravens. Um, you know they're they're liminal creatures in the in the sense that they they live both on the land and in the sky. Um, there's folklore that they cat are psychopomps and carry the souls of the dead. Um, they're messengers between our world and the other world. Um, so there's so much wonderful folklore and mythology about ravens that they they fit pretty well. Right uh beth cregan
1: writer teacher and storyteller of melbourne uh she runs right away with me a writing workshop for adults um as well as programs for kids um how did you meet we met at the publisher for the first time just a couple of months ago face to face otherwise yeah so
0: we yeah we knew we knew of each other through our books um and then on you know social media but the first time we met was about a month ago um and it was, it was wonderful, but it didn't feel like the first time we met. We it felt like, you know, we'd friends. known each other for yeah. a very long time. <laughs> and, uh, Bren, on that note, I'm looking at the Zoom remaining meeting time ticking down. I yep. think we should probably log off. We should probably log off. Um, and many apologies to anyone whose who's questions we didn't answer. Yes. Um, if they are burning questions, you know, just give us a nudge. And we'll we'll answer them, answer them again. And we will announce the winner of the um, I don't know, best question. That sounds silly. Most exciting question. The winner of the the send your question in and get a book prize on social media later today. Yes. Which has already happened by the time you hear this, of course. But,
1: <laughs> well, a happy launch day for Happy the Launch song. Day it's been great
0: and hopefully everyone enjoys this takeover yeah thank you all for listening or you know or not they may may have all turned off (laughs) Brent. but we had
1: fun it's hard to be entertaining and write well i reckon
0: (laughs) yeah that's that's right we can't do everything and huge thank you to danny v for allowing us to um you know do this (laughs) Brave, brave brave risking everything (laughs) risking everything
1: Thanks, see you later. <laughs> Bye. Bye.